It's the Bowen Moore PA Podcast. It's Russ. I got a chance to chat with Aditi Shardir. She is from Richland High School, and she just did her own short film, wrote and directed it, and it's getting into some film festivals throughout the country, including the Chicago South Asian Film Festival with her movie Pivot. We got a chance to chat with her about making a movie, everything it takes to make a movie, what it takes to get into film festivals, and a whole lot more. It is a great chat with Aditi on today's Bowen Moore PA podcast. Russ Beckett, Seven Mountains Media. Oh, you know what I do when I hear a story about someone local doing something super cool. You got to talk to them. You got to find out more. So a couple days ago, I see an article about Aditi Shradir, who has a movie at a festival coming up. I've seen the movie. She sent it to me. It's awesome. I want to know more. Thank you for coming in and chatting with us. Thank you for having me. I was telling you, but I have been listening to you since I was in middle school driving on my way to school. And so it's just awesome to be here and get to meet you and get to talk to people. She's been listening to me since middle school. She's now out of college. So I'm just going to weather away now. But thank you very, very, very much. Now, you started in Richland High School. Yes. Okay. So you graduate Richland. Join the story right there. What happens then? So I graduated from Richland, and in, in Richland is where I kind of started getting my interest in filmmaking for the first time. I was in this organization club called TSA, which is the Technology Student Association. Okay. My friends and I used to call it Nerd Fest. So we would go to like state and national competitions and do a bunch of different events. And one of the events my friend and I, Cassidy Orr, we used to do was video events. So one of them was you had to make like a three-minute video with a prompt, and then another one was you had to make a one-minute video in like 48 hours on site at the competition. So we would just really do some like silly stuff and mess around and get really creative. And that's when I first kind of started shooting videos, writing for a video, and editing videos. And then whenever I graduated from Richland, I was kind of lost about what I wanted to do. I was at Pitt, originally majoring in psychology, but I was taking film classes on the side because I really thought I was always a creative person. It always was expressed through music and theater because I did theater at Richland, and that was a big formative part of my growing Richland up. Richland great theater program. Yeah, that, the theater program there was so much fun, and you just had so much room to be creative, and it's also a form of storytelling, so I was already falling into different forms of storytelling, and then when I got to Pitt, filmmaking was a very tangible thing that I felt like I had a good grasp on from what I was doing with TSA, and I took some classes, and then I immediately fell in love with it. And then sophomore year, in the middle of the pandemic, ended up changing my major to film production, which is a crazy time to think to do that. But I just had so much time to learn and to do stuff outside of the classroom as well as inside. So it was a really cool changing point and kind of has changed the way that my life is now. So let me say the two things that I like about that story. I mean, Richmond's a great school. I have kids that went there. But the two things that kind of set you off on your goal are the after-school programs, are the other things that you do outside of the classrooms. From those is what we get to where you are now. I think that's something that carries on not only in high school, but also in college. Like, in college, you're learning and you're doing classes and you're sitting in lectures. But when do you really learn? It's when you put yourself out there and right. go do crazy projects or experiences and work with different kinds of people, people that might be in college, but also people that aren't. And then you're getting this like kind of full rounded experience of life and of what your industry really is going to be. And that starts with putting yourself out there in activities like high school theater, where I would stay at Richland until like midnight painting sets and doing stuff that wasn't 
part of being like a cast member, but it was so much fun because I was doing it with my friends and the wonderful staff that are at Richland and that are still there today making other kids' dreams come true, which is awesome to get to go and see. And I actually directed a musical at Richland, their summer theater. Oh, yeah. Uh, they did Fame Junior. And so it was really cool to like come full circle and get to be part of the process of putting other kids on stage and seeing them grow. So that was a really cool experience as well. And I commend you for that because I mean, you're building your career, you're off doing things, and you come back. And that's not an easy thing to do. That takes weeks, if not months, of preparation. Yeah, it was a long process, but it was really rewarding to get to meet. I was like, I don't know any of these kids. Like, they were not in school when I was, but we bonded so instantly, and it was a really cool experience. That's awesome. Is Pivot the first short film you've done? Pivot is the first short film I've done. So you have to understand, I went to school in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. So my sophomore year, when I declare my major, I can't make films with my friends. So I did a lot of short little things on my own with like just me doing literally every job. And I also worked on some short documentaries. So those were technically the first films I did. But Pivot is the first film I've done that was a narrative short film that I did with a full crew and got to work with actors and really be in like a space where we weren't confined by COVID restrictions or anything like that. That was something that I, I don't know anything about what it takes to put together a short film, but it's surprising. You sent the movie to me. I watched it. It's very good. We're going to talk about the plot and everything here in a second, but like the credits roll at the end. You had a big crew helping you with this. Yeah. How do you even get that together? So the film originally was conceived for a class called Filmmaking 3. It's a production course at the University of Pittsburgh. At Pitt, the program, you go through four production classes, and the last production class is your capstone film. So this was the film that I was doing right before I was going to do my big capstone film, which is actually a film that's based in Johnstown. It was supposed to be a very small project. It wasn't supposed to be anything crazy or big or something that I thought I'd be sending to festivals. But I started writing the script for the class, and then... I had showed it to one of my friends who I met in L.A. when I worked there last summer. And she was like, oh, I love this, was giving great feedback. And I was like, you should just write it with me. So we started writing it together. Then one of my other friends who I had been working with in the documentary world for a long time, his name's Owen, he was like all on board. He wasn't even in the class, but he was like, I just want to do this with you. I want to be the camera person and I want to be the director of photography and work on the lighting and edit it with you. And so he hadn't even read the script and he was on board. So that was like two people who weren't even related to the class. And then slowly it was just different people that I had interacted with that pit who wanted to be involved. And, you know, the kind of rule is you just feed people. <laughs> and so as long as there's food on a film set, everybody's happy. And we ended up doing some things that I think were beyond the scope of what we thought we were going to do, like getting some new equipment and shooting in a new space at Pitt. So I think it was exciting for a lot of other students to be like, oh, this is something different that we haven't gotten to do yet. And again, everyone was really energized because this is post-COVID. So everyone's just ready to work on stuff. So our entire crew was full of students, which was amazing. And then our cast members, one of them I was on a dance team with at Pitt. He had graduated. He auditioned for the male lead. And then the female lead was played by my friend who I also met in L.A. And I had posted the casting call on my Instagram story. And she was like, oh, my God, I would love to audition for this. And she sent her audition. And I was like, how am I going to fly her in? Like, how am I going to have the money to do that? I applied for a grant at Pitt and I flew her in. And so that was all the money that I spent from the grant was to fly her in because she was just the perfect actress for the role. And then all of the feeding, the cast and crew, those expenses, I either paid out of my pocket or my mom graciously donated her world-famous lasagna and well, there you go. Indian food <laughs> to the cast and crew, which was awesome too. And if you don't want to answer this, please, you, don't, you, you do not have to. But so it's like a nine-minute film. Mm -hmm. How much are we talking? 
We got a $500 grant, and that was used on the plane. I'd say it was another 400 for, like, additional expenses, like Ubers, props, feeding the cast yeah. and crew. And then we've probably spent around 200 or 300 on film festivals. So you're talking over almost, like, 1500 bucks. Yeah, get. yeah. That's incredible. Which is sounds like a lot, but at the same time, that's not a lot <laughs> to make a movie. So, like, my thesis film, we raised a lot more money so we could do a lot more things and have more locations, but we were really using the resources that we had in front of us and just using them to the best of our abilities, which was just very cool to do and cool to see how far it's come. I have a very random question because when I watched it, it popped up in my head, and so I'm like, oh, I, I might as well ask you the question. So at the very end, I don't want to give anything away, but at the very end, a character goes to a food truck. Was that just a person running a food truck and you said, hey, we're going to film something? Or did you even tell them you were doing that? Was it just go up there and get something to eat and then we're going to be back here with the camera? So the beauty of Pittsburgh and I think of Western Pennsylvania in general is, and the reason why I love my community is because everybody is always willing to help. Everyone is always willing to be friendly and go the extra mile even if they don't benefit from it. Or maybe they do feel like they benefit from it, but that's not the reason why they're doing it. So with this food truck in particular, first of all, the food truck scene was a total last minute addition to the film. It was not in the script the day before we shot the first day. But we were felt like we were missing a piece of the story and a good conclusion to the story. Yeah. And the reason why we it hadn't been written and we hadn't didn't have time to really think it out was because this process again was for a class. So we were doing everything within like a month and a half from writing to producing to getting the crew together, casting. Like that is a very short amount of time to do I feel like a short film that I want to put so much effort into. But we were like, okay, what can we do to give this a conclusion? And we came up with this food truck idea. So we called this food truck. It's a very famous food truck on campus. There's a Thai food truck next to it. Both of the food trucks I'm huge fans of, so I always go there for lunch and stuff whenever I was on campus. And we called them, and we were just like, hey, we're making a movie. They didn't respond to our call. So then we were just casually walking by it and scouting out the location the day before we were shooting. And some woman comes up to us and she's like, oh, are you guys like shooting a movie here? And we're like, oh, not yet. We're trying to contact the food truck owners. And she's like, I'm the food truck owner's sister. We're like, oh, my God, can you give us permission? She's like, yeah, let me give you my number. And like, it was like fate had happened. Like destiny was just meant for us to shoot at this food truck. And then the next day she came, she opened up the food truck for us. And she let us use the entire food truck, just told us to lock up when we were done. Oh. And actually... I'm the worker in the food truck, so I gave myself a cameo. <laughs> it's, it's a Hitchcockian thing. You got to give. You got to. I had to do a little something. You have to. What is the process of getting into into a film festival? It's a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. I think the biggest thing is that you have to have the film done. So when you think of editing a film, everyone thinks about just editing it. But we shot in a certain format where you have to do go through a pretty long process for coloring the film for mixing the sound of the film. We used a specific song for one of the dance elements of the film, which is a song owned by Sony, so we had to get licensing rights to the song. So it's a really lengthy process to go through that, and everyone's thinking, it's nine minutes, why can't you just do this in a weekend? And you're, like, trying to balance. Because there's so many things that come up with it. There's so many things that come up with it. So once the film's done, you kind of have to get the marketing materials ready. So we made a poster, we made a trailer, we had to write a bunch of copies, about the synopsis of the film and had to make a press kit and do all of that. And then basically there's a page called Film Freeway, which is, I call it the common app for film festivals. Yeah. So you make a page for your film, you upload the film there, 
you upload all of these materials, these marketing materials, and then you just go through the process of finding film festivals that you think might be interested in the film. So my strategy was to target first South Asian film festivals because there are some big prominent South Asian film festivals in the U.S. and they're all for promoting South Asian representation in media. And I thought Pivot was a pretty good example of some like nuanced representation in that sense. So we applied to this film festival, Chicago South Asian Film Festival, which I had heard a lot about from our lead actress, Chitra. I'd heard about it from peers, that it was an amazing festival to apply to. And so we applied. And then that was the first acceptance that we got, which was amazing because it was the one that we really wanted to get into. And since then, we've gotten into two more and we're looking to apply to a few more now in the future. So now when you get into these festivals, is it up to you to get there? Yes. So you have to, we had to pay for our own accommodations. We had to pay for our flights. Thankfully, I had a family friend that lives in Chicago. So we all piled onto her house and we stayed with her. But they do give festival passes most of the time. So you have like an all access pass to see all of the other films, go to different panels and Q&A sessions and the red carpet events. They really package it as this whole experience where you're really there to meet other people, talk to other people about your film, about their films, and create community in places where you normally wouldn't get to meet these people. Is this the career goal? Is this what you, what you want to do for like the next 40 years? Well, it's interesting. I'm still, I think I'm still navigating what being in a film festival really means because since this is my first film and it's not something that I don't think Netflix is going to pick up and put the short film you know, on their yeah. streaming service, it's more of like I'm building my reputation and building my self as an artist so that hopefully people see, okay, you have done a short film that has made it into this amount of film festivals and they're prominent film festivals, especially in the South Asian community. So it gives you kind of street cred right. that you have done something, you've made it to this point, you're capable of working with other people now on maybe bigger projects or If someone was interested in the story and wanted to see Pivot as a feature film, that could be something that we start to develop. Mm -hmm. So it's really just like this open world of it's whatever you make of it. And I feel like what I've been making of it is just meeting people who I would love to work with in the future, regardless if they live in Pennsylvania or not. Pivot does, it tells a complete story in nine minutes, but you can see where it might go off and go off. There's another hour there. But I think when you're done watching it, you have the story. Absolutely. And And that's... Very impressive because there's like, how do you tell any, how do you tell a complete story in less than 10 minutes and not seem like you're missing something? And you're really not. But I could see where it could absolutely be expanded into something else. I appreciate that. And I think for me too, I mean, just thinking about the characters and the kind of the dynamic of their relationship, there's so much you could explore. Like, one thing, even when we were writing the script, is we really wanted the male character, we wanted his perspective to shine through even more. But when you're editing a 10 minute film, you're like, This story really is about the female character. She's the one that's dancing. She's the one that's taking you on this journey. And unfortunately, with a short film, you just don't have time to really delve into both characters' backstories as much as you want to. So with a feature film, like I would love to explore more about what the male's character's psyche is thinking Mm -hmm. and all of the different elements of the female character's life that make her do the things that she does and feel the way that she does, feel the way that she feels. Well, because like there's even a part where I you know, <laughs> talking about the film is weird because I don't want to give anything away, but I want to ask these questions. So there's a part where the male character mentions that he had a more quote unquote stable job and he left that to do food. So he was following a dream. So that adds to the level of discussion that they're having. There was a lot of layers there that I thought was great. Yeah, I think too when we were 
crafting the characters of the film, it's really hard because you come up with these whole backstories for your characters, uh-huh. and then you want the audience to know every single detail about their backstory. And same thing for the actors. Like, the actors come in doing a lot of their own background work on these characters, and it's always a question of how much can you give the audience to really experience what you want them to experience. And I think sometimes it's just done with one line, like yeah. that one line about him, you know, leaving his math career and doing food instead. It can tell you a lot about yeah. where he is in life versus the female character who is just got into a prestigious graduate dance program and is ready to move out of the city and do her own thing. And what does that mean for their relationship? It's, it's very not how. So getting to the festivals, where do you see, where's Pivot like a year? Where can we, where can we watch it? Where can we, you know, streaming is a goal. So what's like a year from now, where's the film? I would love to see it. There's lots of different platforms and channels, I guess, that stream different short films. So Vimeo does like a Vimeo staff picks where they do different short films that they highlight each week. There's a platform called Short of the Week, which highlights different short films each week. And they can be anything from very indie films to maybe higher budget films. So I think a platform like that, even if it's for a limited amount of time that someone is able to see it and maybe be impacted by it because they wouldn't have had the chance to see it in a festival or from my you know private link, right. I would love for that opportunity because I think it is not only a film that people can relate to, but it's also a different method of South Asian representation that I think is slowly starting to emerge, but it hasn't really hit the ground yet. Mm-hmm. Right now, I still think we're seeing a lot of identity crisis narratives in mainstream media regarding South Asian representation. Like there's the show Never Have I Ever by Mindy Kaling, which is a great show in its own right, but a lot of the conflicts deal with the main character trying to balance her two worlds. Whereas Pivot, they do balance their worlds. Their culture and their identity is just a part of the story and a part of who they are. The snack that the boyfriend is preparing for the lead character, Anjani, is an Indian snack. Like That's what makes it different and, and culturally specific. But it's not like, oh, this snack smells bad, so I don't want to eat it because I don't want it to get on my dance clothes, which is kind of how I have grew up seeing South Asian people represented on TV. And yeah. that's what I wanted to stay away from. Is it important to show that as if just normal place for people to understand, or is it to explain it to other people like this is what it is? That's such a hard line that I yeah. always am trying to balance because sometimes, for example, so we're talking about the snack. So basically in Pivot, I can give a little synopsis of that word. Oh, yeah. You know what? We, we never, we should have, yeah. We just, that we might be helpful. And we forgot. So yeah, let's talk about what the film's about for a second. So um, Pivot follows a very passionate dancer, Anjani, who recently gets admission into a prestigious graduate dance program in New York City. And she comes home to find her boyfriend already at her home, making food for her, not in a creepy way, but he just has the key. He knows where the spare key is. He's making food for her. The food he's making are called pakoras. They're basically like a fried onion dish that are very famous in India. Everyone knows samosas and pakoras. And he's making them for her, but she is a dancer. She doesn't eat fried food. So that is something that she doesn't want to eat the food that he has prepared for her. But basically the whole conversation that they're having in the film is between them discussing this new news that Anjani gets into this dance program and what that means for their relationship. Right. And 
what it the film flips between is this conversation and Anjani dancing and practicing in a studio already in New York. Mm-hmm. So as she's dancing in the studio, she's reflecting on this relationship and this conversation that she had with her boyfriend. So going back to making things understandable for all audiences, we were getting a lot of feedback from people that there was not enough emphasis on the snack of the pakora and what that means because there's a specific thing that happens at the end of the film which kind of ties that snack together as a sort of symbol and people who didn't understand what a pakora was or that they weren't associating the name with the snack or with the food truck they were having a tough time so we had to do some movie magic for example we put in like a little sign that said new york city's best pakoras by the food truck but we shot that like months after we actually shot Pivot to make that symbol more clear for people who weren't getting it. So a lot of that, when you're doing culturally specific stuff, a lot of it comes with showing it to people who do understand and showing it to people who don't and saying, what did you get? What did you not get? And then just trying to kind of fix it and finesse it from there. I will say I totally got the... The symbolism of the of the food truck. I was like, oh, it's cause, okay, they, they had an argument about it. Now she's okay. I, I got that. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I'm proud, but maybe it's because we we fixed it so that anybody would get it. But I also would give you props regardless. <laughs> Believe me, if I can get it. How can people find out more about you? How can they follow you? All these great things you're doing. Yeah, so I am most active, I'd say, on Instagram. I'm in the process of making like a website portfolio. But my Instagram is at Aditi Shridhar, A-D-I-T-I-S-R-I-D-H-A-R underscore. I'm working on a feature documentary about August Wilson, the famous playwright who wrote the Century Cycle plays, if you've heard of the movies Fences and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. We're doing a documentary about his life growing up in Pittsburgh and the people and places and things that influenced him to become the great playwright that he was today. And it's cool because as I learn about his story, so much of it is reflected in any artist's journey and how much they really take from your home and the place that you call your community and how that translates into your art later on. And I think that's kind of beautiful, just being in Johnstown doing this and getting to really think about as I've not lived in Johnstown for like four or five years, not being here makes you appreciate the things that you did have when you were here. And I think that's something that he also went through as well, that love-hate relationship with the place that you call home. Well, I always love talking to people that kind of, I don't want to say got out because people say that, but people that use the foundation they were given here and went off and did these awesome things. There's so many people that started here and now they're off doing incredible things. And when we get a chance to spotlight somebody like that, we want to do it because it does. you don't have to live in New York. You don't have to start out. You don't have to have famous parents. You don't have to, you can just do it. And if you have enough talent, luck, raw skill, you can do something cool. And you prove that. Yeah, I think too. I mean, what you said about parents, like my mom is a professor of organic chemistry and my dad is an engineer nobody in my family has so done... parents are very very smart <laughs> <laughs> they're incredibly smart so that whenever i'm like i want to make movies you know that was probably a little jarring for them but at the same time i've always had such a great support system from them from the people that i had in johnstown that you kind of just come to terms with the fact that you will figure it out and yeah. you will use the resources and the skills and the ways of navigating life that you've done all your life towards this career goal and towards something new. So that's been really exciting. It's It's been great. My mom came to the Chicago South Asian Film Festival, and we took her on the red carpet, stuck her on there. And so she was having a great time, like, 
networking with everybody. And then we're also going to be screening Pivot in D.C. at the School of Communication at American University on December 2nd at 12 o'clock p.m. And it's screening with this amazing documentary, executive produced by Mindy Kaling and Dave Patel and Rupi Carr. It's called To Kill a Tiger. So we're going to screen this amazing documentary and then pivot, which is crazy for me because I'm like, why are these being screened together? But it's going to be really cool. And I'm excited for the D.C. area to see pivot as well. Well, thank you so much, Osh, for coming in and talking to us. Whatever you got going on, let us know. We'll gladly tell everybody because I just think it's super cool what you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to Aditi Shahir for chatting with us about her movie, Pivot. Keep up with what she's doing, as she said, on her Instagram page. And if you have a charity, upcoming event, or 501c3, and you want to be featured on a Bow & More PA podcast episode, you can email me, producer Russ, at rbeckett at sevenmountainsmedia.com. R-B-E-C-K-E-T-T at the number seven, mountainsmedia.com. And keep it right here to the Bow & More PA podcast with what's going on in your area, the Bow & More PA podcast on Google Podcast and other podcast platforms.